1: Oh, put us in, coach. We're ready to play. Just, just <laughs> got there. Nick, in the nick of time. Oh, the traffic on the way here not great. Did you walk
2: here in? I didn't. I drove, drove my car. Oh but my fortunately, just so everyone is aware,
1: there were some great parks on, around the corner today. So yeah, that was the only lucky break we got coming in. Yes, <laughs> this is the uh, sporting record, by the way. It's uh, it's four o'clock, and on the uh, Thursday, the. Eighteenth of January. Why is that day special? I don't know.
2: It's 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 a it's a nice summer day. We love a Thursday.
0: It's a certain someone's birthday, I believe.
2: It is. It's my birthday today.
0: Happy Ooh. birthday.
2: <laughs> thank
0: you, thank you.
1: All right, that's enough of that. That's yeah, that's we're done. <laughs> so it's M. Collard's birthday. My name's John A. Tate. James Tate's over there on the buttons and dials. Yes, hello. And uh, we're going to talk about some sport. We
2: are, sport and stuff. But before we get started on today's show, the Sporting Record would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations as the traditional custodians of the land from which we broadcast this program and on which much of our local sport is played. We'd like to pay our respects to Elders past and present and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. We would also like to celebrate the incredible sporting contributions of First Nations athletes to this country's life. The sporting life.
1: There you go. There's plenty going on this January. Mm-hmm. Plenty going As on. As we speak, is cricket happening? Oh yes. Is tennis happening? There was probably the tour the tour down under in Adelaide's going on, but it might have finished by this stage of the day for the today's for for today's race. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dakar Rally is going on in Saudi Arabia. Where we go first?
0: Oh, it's up to you, John.
1: We could do a cricket update. If, let's, if, if, if thumbs are on phones,
2: let's do a cricket update. It, they are. I've <laughs> I've got it. I've got the live stream up here. It looks It looks as though we've been bowled out for two hundred and eighty three. Uh-huh. So we're in the innings break currently. Uh-huh. We have a lead. Of 95 uh, against the West Indies in the men's test series. It's a two-match two series currently at the Adelaide Oval. It's
1: been a pretty good game, really, considering that uh, you know everyone's thinking Australia's going to just kill the West Indies and mm. thrash them and it'll be a hopeless game. Mm. It's been pretty good. The Windies have put up a pretty good performance so far.
2: Yeah, I mean, I loved watching... Um, they've got a lot of debutantes. Yeah. And um, I loved watching... Oh, what was his name? Um, one of the Joseph. Josephs? Yes, Somar Joseph. Yeah, he had a rip. So the their batting had a bit of a collapse. Yeah. Let's just say it wasn't great. But um, Somar wrote, uh, wrote Joseph rather came in at number eleven on debut and scored thirty six from forty one and really, I think was the second. Yeah, second highest uh, run scorer for the West Indies, at number batting at number 11 and on debut, and really got them over a line to a semi-respectable test score,
1: which is pretty impressive. That might push him up the order a bit uh, I in reckon, the near
2: future. I reckon. And it was also, he's only played five first-class games. So <laughs> in order to get to test cricket, often in each domestic competition, there's first-class cricket. So yeah. that in Australia, it's the Sheffield Shield You play New South Wales, Queensland, South Australia, blah, blah, blah. And that's called first class cricket. So in order to get selected, often people play, have a really good first class career and then get selected to the test team. And this guy's only played five first, like five domestic league test matches and then was selected to the team on debut, Gets 36. And then is a bowler, Gets Steve Smith on the first ball. Pretty good.
1: And I reckon he might have had five or six wickets in this innings. Yes. How many did he have? So I'm he clearly just... has talent and he's got enthusiasm and mm. he's always smiling. Oh. So I like him. I like him too. He had, oh, he
2: got a fifer. <laughs> Look at that. He got a fifer on debut and, oh, well, you love to see it. He had a great celebration as well. He ran, half ran- halfway <laughs> around the pitch, got his team to run after him. It was pretty funny. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> good yeah. on you, Shamar Joseph. Good yeah,
2: yeah, had a
0: really had a ripper of a
2: day. You love to see it. And I agree. I think the last time they were here at the end of twenty twenty two, start of last year, we just absolutely rolled them. And it doesn't really make for good test cricket. It doesn't really make for good watching as a spectator. I don't know if it's a really all that enjoyable as a player. Like I'm not. I know it's nice to win, but surely it's good to win. In a competitive match yeah. well, What do you saying, reckon?
1: I was saying to James as we were watching it I love the West Indies cricket team I'd love to see them do well mm. And there's no reason why they shouldn't Because mm. they're a very athletic race mm. uh, and, and very enthusiastic uh, The money's not too bad in test cricket now mm. But it seems like uh, Correct me if I'm wrong But many of their Potentially great athletes Are playing basketball or athletics I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I
2: know that... Um, oh, what's his name? Plays for England. Um, he was the one who gave Steve Smith a concussion and then got Labashane. That Shane came in. Oh, what's his name? Joffre Archer. Joffre Archer. Uh-huh. He had a really... he. Oh, what was his story? Was he born in Jamaica or somewhere? Or was his parents? Uh, there siblings? was... Oh, maybe I'm thinking uh-huh. of something else. Maybe I'm conflating a few things. But... Um, I think he's Barbadian. So okay. I remember at the time there was a bit of like play for West Indies, play for England, but I think, and I, I I will check on this and maybe report back at a later date, but I think his experience getting with the West Indian team was really negative and that's why he chose to um, play for England instead of the West Indies team. Like He had a really poor experience. I'm not exactly sure what that entailed, but mm-hmm. it could be that the way that they're developing players or they're treating, uh, maybe, is not totally up to scratch, and maybe they are going out the codes where they feel like they're getting um, much better support. who knows? But
1: well, it happens a lot in world sport, doesn't it? Yeah. So Australia's got two Scotsmen and a Welshman playing in our Socceroos. Oh, we've got a lot of kind of could be dual internationalists for, if that
2: makes sense, for playing for the Socceroos. So we've got a lot
1: of female tennis players whose names end in OVA. Over.
2: Mm-hmm. Eastern European type. Is yeah, that Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You clearly were born here, but they're now Australians and they're playing tennis under the Australian flag. Mm. How do you feel about that?
2: Well, it's great because they're very talented and it's good that they're on our team, I guess. I mean, should
1: there be a rule that you have to be born in the country to represent them? Um, is, is it enough that your grandfather was Scottish, uh, yeah, Australian, and even though you've never been to Australia, you can play for our that's, Socceroos. That's in,
2: that is, that's Harry. What's his name? Suta. Harry Grant. Who, Harry, Harry Sutai. Suta. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting rule. I don't know. I feel like it makes sense. If you feel like, who are we to say what someone where someone's, you know, mm, mm. affinities lie and how they feel they're connected to a certain country? So it makes sense. I think it also does give a little bit of. Flexibility for if people um I know in the Women's World Cup I think there was maybe an English player who felt that they weren't treated properly enough, but their maybe their grandparent was from Morocco potentially and or Nigeria and played ended up playing for them and having a really like wonderful experience and was able to feel a lot more connected to her family's culture doing that and so yeah.
1: yeah i think so for the individual it can be
2: great i think it can be great i don't know how that would affect in terms of all these like when we're looking at you know how it affects international sport but maybe it's a good thing it also spreads talent as well Yeah.
1: there's a lot of australian first class cricketers who have got no hope of making the australian team mm. but have have played important roles for scotland and the netherlands and well
2: yeah the captain of other cricket teams the netherlands netherlands i think is australian mm. um so i love to see it, it it's yeah. good to see them doing well. and i think it gives them, like well as we've seen that the netherlands as a cricketing nation in the past two world cups so the 50 over world cup and the t20 men's world cup last year and the year before they beat were beating south africa they were beating england like there were they were holding their own and doing really well
1: because that talent's able to spread a little bit more, which is pretty cool. But then you've got a nation like England who whose tentacles as uh, as, mm. as, as an empire went everywhere. So, you know, their cricket team is full of South Africans and Zimbabweans and New Zealanders and they've well, had the English, Australian guy play for them. The English need all the help they can get, <laughs> I guess.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... It, yeah, it's an interesting thought, and I I always thought about this as a more localized concept for the state of origin for Queensland and New South Wales in the men's rugby league and yeah. now the women's. How does that work? Um, I think it's to do with where you first played your junior, oh. um, your junior your junior rugby league. So okay. most players, especially in the men's, grew up playing rugby league. The women's is like. That's probably maybe where we start to get into some issues because a lot of elite athletes um, in the women's sports have been able to like cross codes. So some basketball players have been brought into AFLW, or some rugby sevens have been brought into you know NRLW or whatever. So maybe there's could be some issues there, but I'm fairly certain in the men's at least it's where you played your
1: junior sport. Was there ever a time when it was just New South Wales versus Queensland. Not state of origin, just the state versus state. Because um, in AFL, it's... What do you mean? Cause it's, well, in VFL, that's how it used to be. It was, it was Victoria playing Western Australia or whoever else. But, you know, the Victorian team had Western Australians in it because they all came to play in Victoria. Oh, you know what I mean? Okay. And, of course, we, Victoria beat everybody because they were like a all-Australian team. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when they changed the the footy to State
2: of Origin. Got it. I think, as far as I'm aware, it's been always the State of Origin concept, mm. um, which makes the rivalry quite fierce, I mm. think, and has enabled it to be... So even when you've got players who play in the domestic competition, a lot of Queenslanders played for Melbourne Storm for yeah, a while. Yeah. Um, there are plenty of Queenslanders, like there's the captain of Newcastle Knights, Caelan Ponga of the men's team, He's plays for Queensland and State of Origin. So you've got plenty of players that don't play in their club. They don't play for in the state that they're originating mm-hmm. from. But it means when they, we do go to State of Origin, they're, it's pretty fierce. So here's a hypothetical.
1: Okay. What if there's a, uh, a Papua New Guinea uh, rugby player mm-hmm. who's playing for Melbourne Storm? Mm-hmm. Can he participate in State of Origin in any way? I don't think so. So Actually eligible, yeah.
2: Great. Which I feel like is I look. I could be totally wrong. There might be someone out there who's you know furiously yelling at the radio saying, "No, no, no! This is this is a <laughs> rule." So we can check on that. But I'm yeah. fairly certain it's about where you played your junior footy. So if you didn't play it, if you're not from there, I'm not sure that you're eligible to participate. In the same way that you need to be eligible to play for Australia, because. You are from Australia in order to play international rugby league or whatever. Mm. So, but we can we'll, we'll check in on that, and I'll, I can check the rules. But it does mean that potentially there are some really good players excluded from that competition, which is unfortunate.
1: Which is a a, a fantastic competition, and mm. all the rugby players want to be in it. Mm. Anyway, that's just a thought, just just off the top of my head. Yeah, it's a good thought because I yeah. We'll now, we're, uh, we're a half-hour show today, so we've, yeah, our summer series is over. It was good to hear Dinosaur Prize Surprise back on the air again, mm-hmm. and uh, we're back to our normal 4 o'clock time slot, half of which has gone in that discussion. I can't believe it. It is. It goes by quick. So yeah. after the break, I don't know, we'll figure it out. We've, I've certainly got some tennis to talk about, and we'll figure it out from there, eh?
0: Yep. Yep. You might have heard about the Community Radio Plus app, but it's only when you start using it that you'll wonder how you lived without it. You can listen to us wherever you are. At home, work, driving, on public transport, gardening, protesting, or even in the bath.
2: Just search Community Radio Plus wherever you get your apps. Have you heard of long COVID? If you or someone you know have had COVID-19, you may still experience symptoms weeks or months later. There are many symptoms of long COVID, but the most frequent are extreme tiredness, shortness of breath, and muscle aches and joint pains. Anyone can experience long COVID, including children. You can find information in your language on the Health Translations website, healthtranslations.vic.gov.au. Just type long COVID. As a keyword.
1: A 3CR supporter.
2: The Common Social Change Library is an
0: online collection of educational resources for those campaigning for social change. It collects, curates, and distributes the key lessons and resources of progressive
2: movements around Australia and across the globe. The library includes over 500
0: resources covering campaign strategy, community organising, activist history, digital campaigning, diversity and inclusion, and much, much more. It's free to access the library, so check out the collection at
2: www.commonslibrary.org. Common Social
0: Change Library is a 3CR supporter.
2: Hello, hello. Welcome back to The Sporting Record. In that time, I've managed to be really fast with the old thumbs and do a bit of Googling and found the eligibility rules just because I needed to know, and hopefully someone out there appreciates it. But in terms of state of origin, if you weren't born in New South Wales or Queensland, if you didn't reside in New South Wales or Queensland prior to your 13th birthday, and if your father did not play State of Origin, you're not you're not eligible to play. So those are the eligibility rules. If you're born in either one,
1: you're good to go. Yeah, but there's a few loopholes there, isn't there?
2: There's definitely some loopholes. So if your dad
1: played State of Origin, or maybe your mum in the future. Yeah,
2: yeah. If your mum or dad played, if you resided there before your 13th birthday. Imagine 13th just,
1: birthday. What, what, why is, what's 13 significant for? Is that when know. you start playing as a junior,
2: is it? Yeah, maybe in the junior system it's significant. But maybe, I don't know. I can imagine, would, do you reckon, that? would there be some parents out there, some real like... I don't know, you've got stage, stage mums in the theatre world. Do you reckon, like, sporting parents who are like, oh, I reckon this kid might be pretty good, we better move for six months before they turn 13 over to New South Wales or Queensland? Do you
0: reckon anyone would do that? That's a big stretch. Yeah. It's a big stretch.
1: They do it to get their kid into a certain school. They move yeah. into the zone. People
2: do, people, I feel like people have done crazier things.
1: We should have done it for you, Jim. Go up to New South Wales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go up to Newcastle and, and live there for a little while. Hey, you would have probably stayed there. It's so nice. You know, he was born in the wrong state. Yeah. I reckon James Tate would have been one hell of a rugby player.
2: I think you would have been a hell of a would front rower. Front rower, you or Front or second rower, I reckon. I'm built for it.
1: You are. What does a front
2: rower do? Just a lot of, a lot of pushing. So... <laughs> It's um, something my friend uh, Aidan and I talk about. He He's moved down from Newcastle to Melbourne, which is great because I've got an NRL friend to watch matches with. And we always talk <laughs> about how everyone in NRL really have great butts because they have to do a lot of as opposed to AFL a lot of like pushing. Like you really got to like push against when yeah. you get tackled. You got to make sure you stand your ground. So yeah. there's a lot of pushing. So a lot of the the forwards and the front rowers really make sure that, that you're keeping your ground. You're doing a lot of like hustling to, to gain those extra meters. Doing a lot of tackling, yeah. So, so they're working
1: in the gym on their glute strength.
2: Oh yeah, big time, big time. You're gonna get a good butt, big butt. <laughs> yeah. Well, Broking. that should have, that should have been me. It should, it, yeah. it could have. You could. Hey, you can still play Sorry for Australia Jim. even if you can't do state of origin. Still eligible for that, yeah, I reckon you're in with you're in next year, <laughs>
0: maybe one day, yeah, the thing I'm worried about with rugby, and I was always worried about it was the potential for head head trauma, yes, that's yeah. the big one for me, yeah, I was really scared. I've entertained the idea of playing it before,, mm. but the idea of me getting my head knocked often, yeah was enough for me to go, hmm, nah, yep. that's not for me.
1: Yeah. Because it's big guys running straight at each other, isn't it? It's, it's, you know, head, head to head.
2: It is. And it's, it's not like AFL in the sense that you are trying to avoid being tackled. Like there are potentially games, if you're good enough and you're good enough at evading your opposition, you may not even be tackled, mm. which
1: is pretty good. Even but in, though they're coming at you from all directions. Yeah. Even
2: though there's a possibility of all directions, if, if you're aware enough and you're able to dispose of the ball, there's a potential you won't get tackled. But in NRL, like that's the point you, you carry the ball and you know that you're going to get tackled and it's just line after line of running into each other. And it's pretty, I remember going to games in Newcastle often and it was just hearing the like smack of like massive bodies coming together at just a really fast rate. Just Absolutely. It's kind of made you kind of shudder you, a bit. You
1: don't get that on the television, but when you're standing right on the fence mm. and their action's happening five metres away, you hear it, don't yeah. you? You oh, hear the puffs and the crashes and the groans and the oohs and the yeah. yeah.
2: I feel like even now on TV you can hear it a bit more because they've got heaps of... Um, yeah. If you see them, sometimes they'll have those big microphones and they're just running up and down the side of the field. <laughs> Trying to get all the, noise, the noises in and sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know if I needed that. Yeah. But anyway, there you go. There's an the NRL wrap for you. We, we digress. <laughs> we do. We do. That's okay. What have you got have for Have you us, been John?
1: watching the uh, Australian Open tennis? I
2: actually haven't. I've been keeping up to date a little bit just on social media or looking it up. But I actually haven't watched watched the game yet.
1: Yeah, it's been interesting. I, I can't watch a whole match for five hours, No, although no. I can sit in front of the cricket for five hours and watch it, but anyway, tennis I can't, mm. but I, I come in and out of matches. It's interesting, especially when the Australians are playing or mm. someone I like is playing. Um, I think it's been a bit more interesting, correct me if I'm wrong here, because a lot, there's a bit of a, a change over time. A mm. lot of the established stars that were on top forever have retired, mm. except for the COVID denier, but all the others have really pretty much retired. Yep.
0: Old Novak Djokovic.
1: (laughs) That's the one I meant. He's still number one in the world. I had a look at the tennis rankings, right? So in the men, Novak's still number one. He's 36. But the rest of the positions are all people in their 20s. Carlos Alcaraz from Spain. Daniel Medvedev from an unknown country that's not mentioned. and (laughs) Janik Sinner from Italy. He's doing well, big, tall Italian guy. Uh, He's twenty-two. Andre Reblev, who's also from that unknown place. Uh, Alexander Zverev, who sounds Russian, but he's actually from Germany. Uh, He was actually he was born in Russia, but his parents went. Here it is. His parents went to live in Germany when they were when maybe even before they had kids. So that's why he's born there with the surname Zverev. Uh, Stefanos Tsitsipos from Greece, played a good match uh, today or last night. Uh, he's 25. Holger Rune from Denmark. Hubert Herkaz from Poland. And our Alex is number Alex. 10 in the world. He's only yeah. 24. So it seems to be all the 20-year-olds. Same in the women. The, the Williams girls are gone. Um, Igor Schwatak from Poland, number one player. Uh, this is going to lead into your point in a minute. Mm-hmm. Anya Sabalenka, 25. She's from that... Oh, She might be from Belarus, is she? Ah. Her country doesn't get mentioned. Um, Alina Rab- I can't pronounce all these names. From Kazakhstan. Yay, <laughs> Kazakhstan. She's 24. She's number three in the world. Uh, Coco Gorf from the USA is 19. Mm. She's the only teenager in the top 10. <laughs> um, and then uh, someone, from, another one from the USA... And then number six in the world is Ange Jabur, who I was barracking for. She's from Tunisia. Ah. She's 29. I love the way she plays. I think she's the only Arabic kind of person and Muslim, I imagine, uh, at that level of tennis at the moment. Mm-hmm. Would I be right there? I'm not sure. I, but I, something bad happened to her.
2: Something bad happened to well, her. Oh, she got beaten by. Oh, she did. Yes, <laughs> sorry. Oh my goodness, this is oh, your main point. I know this is my fa- <laughs> We're leading up to it. Yes, she did get beaten, and she got beaten. Um, well, you know, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. She got beaten by someone who really looked up to her and was, you know, a bit of a childhood hero. Yeah. Got beaten by a sixteen-year-old from the country that must not be named. Um, so she um, defeated sixteen-year-old Mira Ondreva, Defeated six seed on Jabeur in the Australian Open. So, yeah, she and she smashed her as well. Really, I didn't six, see it. I just read about her. six love six
1: two. That's Whoa.
2: that's a, that's pretty comprehensive. Yeah. So she she's only sixteen, and I
1: know. So we shouldn't uh, hold against her the problems in a country and, oh, the, and the madman leader of their country. Absolutely. She's Sixteen, not. she's playing tennis. Yeah. And she's also she's from Russia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's
2: from Russia. It's I find that interesting I mean we could have a whole other discussion on this, but um, someone was denied entry for having a twenty cent coin sized um, free Palestine badge oh. on their bag and they weren't allowed to go oh. into the open um, a spectator, a spectator, oh. yeah, and then someone else had a full-on um, flag of the other country that we definitely won't name, oh. just and they were just allowed with it. So it's interesting the way that Jeez. the open and general discourse has dealt with this, and the, yeah. the sporting world as as well. Like obviously, people players that are from Russia cannot represent like they're there as individuals almost. They can't. They're not there on behalf of their country. Whereas, like that's it's Just the way it's been dealt with is so different. And it's very unfortunate. But in this case, a sixteen-year-old 16 year individually doing incredibly well, and it's it's pretty amazing to win. You know, beat your childhood hero at an open like that as a yeah, teenager. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, and that's the changing of the guard, isn't it? Yeah, that's what
1: happens, and that's what's happening now. I think. Yeah,
2: it is. I'd love to see some, um, in the same way that the men's you know, have had. Nadal and um, uh, Federer and I'd love to see that sort of dynasty as as the same as the Williams sisters as well like emerge in the women's game too because I feel like sometimes that's a bit neglected by the media so it would be really cool to see what happens there over the next
1: couple of years. One last thing. Go on. Before we go on to a very special song. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. And it's not got nothing to do with sport. Uh, The Eurovision Song Contest this year is being held in (laughs) Malmo. Melmo's place very close to James's heart.
0: Yes, it's where I used to live.
1: Hey, in Sweden. 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 That's right. But that's not the point. Uh, at the moment, uh, Russian entries are banned mm-hmm. as of a couple of years now, and uh, there's they're agitating to actually ban Israel. And Israel's pretty big in the Eurovision Song Contest, even though they're not in Europe. Yeah. Neither are we.
2: Yeah. There's um. A friend friend from work at our Christmas party last year was giving me the ins and outs on the whole kind of geopolitical background on like how Eurovision works and it is absolutely fascinating. For anyone who doesn't know, it's worth having a little look and seeing how... It's, it's fascinating how it works, to be honest, and hopefully we'll see that, but
1: who knows. All right, let's uh, leave it there and we'll go out with... This special song from the Beatles oh. Never played Beatles Nice,
2: nice one